You're listening to See Air with Suleiman Ocheni. I'm about to say something that sounds controversial but isn't. So if you're the type who jumps to conclusions, calm down and listen. Now, in life, generally, when it comes to blame and responsibility, I lean more towards responsibility. So, for example, if something bad happens to me, even though somebody else is to blame or a situation is to blame, I tend to focus on my responsibility in that whole scenario. For example, what did I do to put myself in the path of this person who did something to me? Yes, the person is wrong for having done that thing to me, but how did I participate in allowing that person to have access to me for them to do that thing to me? I say all that to say this. Recently, I have seen a lot of women come online and complain about the way the men in their lives treat them. And yes, these men are horrible. They are bottom of the barrel trash. But my question is, why are you, you are the one who made the choice to date this human being. Why are you with this person? These women will tell gut-wrenching stories about the nasty things that these men have done to them. And I'm always sitting there thinking, then why did you stay with that person for so long? Listen, yesterday I watched the video of a woman whose husband left her 30 days after she had a cesarean section to have their baby and got back with his ex. The second she said that, I thought there must have been signs. So why did you marry him and then choose to have a child with this man? Because the kind of man who would leave his wife 30 days postpartum to get back with his ex-girlfriend would have been showing signs. This kind of behavior doesn't come out of nowhere. And as I was having this thought, she started to explain how she and this guy got together and she proved me right. The red flags were just flying. First, she said that the first time she met this man, the, first, the initial feeling she had was fear. Red flag number one. Red flag number two. She said that he was 10 years her senior, as in she was 20 years old, he was 30 years old. Red flag number three, he was a dealer. Red flag number four, he was violent. As in, he got into a fight with his roommates to the point that he beat the guy up so bad that he got evicted from his apartment and had to move in with her. Red flag number, I don't even remember which number we are on. For the five years that they were together, he did not have a job, like a proper job, except the uh, dealing. And the woman we are talking about had a corporate job that she was doing well in. There were other red flags that she listed. And the whole time she was talking, I was like, what made you think it was a good idea to align yourself with this human being? This, like, you should have been run, you should have run for the hills when he approached you. There are so many trash men in the world. Like, I know someone who just gave birth. Um, she had hyperemesis gravidorum. If you don't know that, is it's like morning sickness times one million. Like, you are throwing up like maybe 20, 30, 40 times a day. You're not able to eat and you are pregnant. So you can imagine being pregnant, not being able to eat anything, and you're vomiting 20, 30, 40 times a day. She was telling me how she's so grateful for her partner because she's on this um, hyperemesis forum. And these women are afraid that their husbands will leave them because their husbands are complaining that even though they are throwing up 40 times a day because of pregnancy, that they are not having sex. Some were saying that their husbands are complaining that they're not getting three square meals a day from their wives. You like, how, oh my goodness, how is it that your wife is sick around the clock for months on end and what you care about is that 
you haven't gotten off or that you haven't had a home cooked meal in, in the last two days. Like these men are horrible. I am not disputing that. My question is, why did you get with these men? Because this kind of behavior, it does not just happen out of nowhere. Like even if somebody is pretending, you know, they will, their mask will slip. Be paying attention. I've heard another story of a woman talking about, I was on a first date with a guy and he called the waitress the B word. And she will go on to say that the relationship lasted two years and he was abusive to me. Kinko, kinko, kinko. And I'm like, after he called that waitress the B word on that first date, why was there a second date? Like, I don't know if I'm making sense because I think at this point, women are just afraid to be alone because they are the kind of trash that women accept. I'm not understanding. We'll see a woman, her social life thriving, her professional life thriving, her family life top tier. Then she'll go and start dating one tout. Then she'll marry him and have children for him. And I'm like, what is it? Like, what, what, really, what is the problem? The thing is, when you have high standards, you're just going to date less. It's a fact of life. And a lot of people are not comfortable being alone. And it is just something you have to learn how to do. That was my new segment, In Case You Missed It, where I play the audio from one of my hot takes that I posted somewhere on the internet over the last week or even earlier, just in case you missed it. Anyway, without wasting too much time, let's get to the advice portion of this advice podcast. My first email is from one of you and it reads, I've got a bit of a situation that I've been grappling with lately and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. After I graduated from university, I've come to notice that my perspective on friendships might be a little different from how my friends see it. While I consider them my close buddies, it seems they might just view me as a course mate or an acquaintance. I have started to pick up on the fact that they only reach out when they need something, and the reality hit harder when I discovered they've been hanging out without me. I'm a bit lost on what to do here. Is there any advice or insights you could share on navigating this kind of a situation? It would mean a lot. See, this situation for me, I think, requires communication not only with your friends, but also with yourself. First with yourself, and this is what I mean. So if I were you, I would sit down and ask myself. And when I say myself, I mean me, Suleiman, because I am an introvert and I'm also a homebody. So I found that a lot of the time when people invited me out places, I would turn them down because my social battery had run low or I just wanted to stay at home, whatever. So what that meant is that some people stopped asking me out more frequently because they just assumed I would say no. So I don't know whether you are an introvert or not, but if you are, generally, I would just sit down and ask myself, have these people invited me out multiple times and I said no? Because if that is the case, then I would understand why they don't invite you out. And if you do decide that it is in fact your fault that they don't invite you out, then I would reach out to them and communicate that, I understand that I have been the one who pulled back in the past, but moving forward, I would like to be included in group activities. Then I would also apologize for being flaky in the past and explain to them my character type and why I had been turning them down all that time. Now, if you find that that's not the case and you haven't been invited at all and these people only reach out to you when they need something from you, what I would do is, again, communication. I would single out the person in that group that I am closest to and I would say, listen, I have noticed that you guys hang out without me and you only contact me when you need something from me. What's up with that? Just pose the question, why don't you guys invite me places? Why am I only good when you need help? I would ask it straight out like that. Then listen to what this person has to say. 
And if you confront someone like this, if really they are opportunistic, then they would obviously try and make things up and say, no, that's not the reason. This is actually how this is and blah, 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 blah. And if you are emotionally intelligent, you'll be able to detect if these are lies. And if you determine that these are lies, this is the time to phase these people out of your life and find new friends. Because... People who behave like this, who only reach out to you when they need something, users like this, they are no good for your life. Move on from these people if you determine that really they are users. And also, let me say something else. When I graduated from university, I noticed that there were a lot of people who I considered my friends who weren't actually my friends. Because I was a diligent student, I was always in class, my notes were always up to date. If there was a test, I would tell my friends, you understand? So a lot of people befriended me because of that. So when we graduated, I noticed that these people dropped me because they no longer needed anything from me. Like I would call these people up and they wouldn't answer my calls. I would send text messages, they'd read the text messages and leave me on read. I graduated from university almost 10 years ago and that was the last time I spoke to some of these people and they didn't even bother to reach out because they didn't need anything from me, right? Over the last year, I have gained a social media presence and these people, now that they have seen an opportunity to get something from me, i.e. clout, they found my number, because my number has changed since then, they have gone and found my number and called me up to be like, oh, hi, I'm just checking up on you. After 10 years, they think I have forgotten that they boned me all those years ago. So it's just a natural occurrence. When you graduate from university or high school, whatever it is, you will lose friends because a lot of those people are only with you because they need something from you. It is a fact of life. Accept it and move on. Moving on to the next question. I need your advice because I am very conflicted. I am a 33-year-old unmarried woman. I would like to get married and have a family one day, but I have not found my guy yet because I have high standards. I'm fine with that and so is my immediate family. My extended family, however, taunt me about it every chance they get, especially this one cousin I have. She and I are about the same age and she got married about five years ago and has two children with her husband. When she was getting married, I was the butt of all her jokes because I was single. Honestly, she and her mother made my life miserable then and have continued to make fun of me for being single and I have never said anything. But my, 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 how the tables have turned. Last week, I took myself out on a solo date to a restaurant. While I was there, I saw this cousin's husband with a woman who was clearly not my cousin. They were across the restaurant kissing and loving up on each other. They didn't see me. So I continued with my meal. Anyway, when they were leaving, they walked by my table and the guy saw me. He greeted me and introduced the woman he was with as his sister. Yeah, right. So my question is, should I tell my cousin? I have been struggling with this decision because I feel like if it were me, I would want to know. But I would be lying if I said a part of me doesn't want to tell her just to scatter her marriage. She has been so nasty to me and now I have an opportunity to do something back to her. What should I do? <laughs> Listen, uh, let us just let us remove the BS. You, If you were to tell this cousin of yours about this thing, it wouldn't be an act of altruism. It is 100% petty. I know you are telling yourself a story of, oh, I would want to know, you know, to make yourself feel good about potentially telling her. But if you do end up telling her, it's not because you care about her emotional well-being or you care about her saving face. No, you want to be petty. You want to bring her down. Let us just accept that and move forward. You know, people are not always perfect. It is what it is. Now, for my advice, generally as a rule, I think people should stay out of adult people's relationships. I don't know who you are or your life or the things you like, but unless you like drama, 
I would honestly, honestly, honestly not tell her anything. Because by telling her, what you are doing is inviting a lot of drama into your life. Because if she's as horrible as you say, it is very likely that when you tell her that you caught her husband cheating, she will say that you are lying, that you are jealous of her. That is why you are trying to ruin her marriage. And even the husband, when confronted, will lie and say that you want to bring him down. And who do you think she's going to believe? Because it's easier for her to believe her husband than believe you. Because believing her husband means her life continues the way it is. But believing you means now she has to consider whether she is going to divorce her husband. You say she has children with this man. Now she has to decide whether she wants to scatter her entire family. If she's financially dependent on this man, now she has to consider how she's going to be making money if she divorces him. Then there's also the social stigma of divorce. It's a lot to contend with. So most people, even if they trust you, will most likely believe their cheating partner because it's easier for their lives. Also, I'm guessing you are Nigerian. These kinds of issues tend to involve the entire family. So if something happens, then elders are calling you, you guys are having meetings. It's this whole thing that now you're involved in. Honestly, I would just walk by. You do not owe her anything. You do not owe her loyalty because she has been, like you said, horrible to you. You don't owe her anything. Let her sort her life out by herself. And let me tell you something else. These kinds of secrets, they do not keep. Because this man, if he is taking out his mistress out on the town where he lives with his wife, this kind of secret will get out if it already hasn't. It's even possible that she knows. Or they could also have an open relationship. You don't know. It's messy. I Just stay out of mess. Just continue being your high standard lady that you are. And that's another thing. Don't reduce your standards. Don't let these people who are bringing you down make you want to reduce your standards. Don't. It's good that you have high standards. Because this your cousin went and married the first Tom, Dick and Harry that she met. Now look at what is happening to her. So take your time. Find your own partner. Continue to take yourself out on solo dates, you know. Enjoy yourself. Even if you never get married, just enjoy yourself. Enjoy your life. Continue being the good person that I know you are because you said that your cousin and her mother have been taunting you and you haven't said anything. It takes a lot of strength and willpower to keep quiet in the face of all that nonsense. So continue doing that. Stay out of it and you will be golden. Also, let me tell you something that might give you a little peace of mind concerning this whole cousin issue. So um, people who behave like this, I'm talking about your cousin, it's usually from a place of jealousy. I don't know, you can speak to this better than I. I'm sure there's something in your life that you were better at from childhood. Maybe you were better at school, maybe you were better at music, I don't know, sports, whatever. There is something that people hailed you about that she is bad at. And this marriage thing is the first thing that she could hold over you. So she went overboard. It's coming from a place of insecurity. So when you start to understand these things, then it's easier for you to navigate them. She's insecure. That's why she's behaving the way she's behaving. So now avoid that. I always tell people family is not by force. The fact that we share blood does not mean I leave myself open to your abuse. When you see her coming, you walk the other way. Just avoid her. She's just a drama balloon. Don't engage. So here's our next question. I am a 26-year-old guy and I'm in what seems like a no-win situation. My best friend has just gotten into a relationship with a girl I can't stand. Honestly, I'm not jealous or anything like that. He has been in long-term relationships with other girls before. And I didn't mind any of those girls. But I find his current girlfriend so irritating. Her voice literally grates on my nerves. She is so different from what I know his type to be. And it's like he's a different person when she's around. He says he's in love with her and everything has happened so fast that I'm afraid that if I say anything about this to him, he'll take it personally and end our friendship. I'm so confused. I need help. See, again, like I said to the previous listener, 
stay out of grown people's business, just generally. And that applies even more here because, first of all, you didn't say that she's abusive. You say you don't like her. You don't have to like her. You're not the one dating her. It's your friend dating her. And you say she is not his usual type. Well, he has been dating his usual type and hasn't found the right person for him. This happens a lot of the time. When people keep dating the same type of person, they will eventually notice that this isn't my type. It is just what I am used to. So they will branch out. And he has branched out and it seems he has found someone he is more compatible with. You should be happy for him, even though you don't like her. Like I said, you are not the one dating her. You don't need to like her. And I guarantee if you say something about her to this your friend, it's going to cause a rift in your friendship. Because what is going to happen is he is going to go and tell this girlfriend and she has his ear in a more intimate way than you do. And if she's a wicked person, she will turn him against you. So keep quiet. If this relationship is going to run its course, allow it to run its course. And if he ends up marrying this woman, well, it is what it is. There is something else you might want to consider. You didn't talk about this, but maybe it's possible that maybe you don't like this woman because she's keeping your friend away from you. She's taking up so much of his time. Depending on how close you are with this friend, if he is in this new relationship and it's taking up a lot of his time, maybe you are a little bit resentful of the fact that your relationship is changing. And this is what usually happens when people get into real relationships, long-term relationships, relationships that are going to last that's what happens. So ask yourself whether maybe you are jealous of her. Because even though you said your friend has been in multiple long-term relationships, none of them really took. So I am assuming that maybe when he was in those relationships, your relationship with him didn't change much. But now that is not the case. So maybe that has something to do with why you don't like this woman. It's just something to think about. And also, a lot of the time I have noticed when we meet someone, like you said, her voice is just grating. When we meet someone that irritates us so much, it's usually the case that they reflect something at us that we don't like about ourselves. There is so, if you can isolate what it is about her that you do not like, look into yourself and you will see that you have, that is something that you are critical of yourself about. So this also calls for some introspection. I would suggest you do that work. And again, stay out of grown people's business because it will not end well for you. So here is our final question of the day. I love my family more than anything in the world, but my sister is getting married in three months and she has become the worst bridezilla that has ever lived. She expects all of us in the family to be essentially her unpaid staff to make this wedding happen. I mean, she even called me once at two in the morning to tell me about something she needs done for the wedding. I honestly don't think I can put up with this for another three months. It will surely drive me mad. Although the rest of the family recognizes that she is being insufferable, they all feel that we should indulge her because it is her big day. How do I get her to stop all this or at the very least keep me from attacking her out of frustration? Um, listen, I have never been in this situation, but I can understand your pain. A lot of the time, people become so self-absorbed just generally when something is happening for them. They feel like the whole world is experiencing what is happening to them as intensely as they are when nobody is. And I feel like this happens a lot for women because um, women are conditioned to believe that like your wedding day is the pinnacle of your achievements. Like women are socialized this way. So a lot of women go crazy when it comes to their weddings. Like you will see sane, rational, kind women when it comes to planning their weddings, they lose their minds. It happens. So I don't know your sister, if 
you can stomach it. You say, like you said, you can't. But if you can, if you can reach into the recesses of your soul and stomach this, I would tell you to do that because there is an end date. When the wedding comes and it passes, no more of this. You understand? So if you can do that, I would suggest that you do that. But if you know you can't, like you said, you would need advice to keep you from attacking her. If that is where you are, like you are, the last straw is about to drop, this is what you do. You call her aside and you explain to her that, listen, I understand this is a very important day for you and that it is serious for you, but my life does not revolve around your wedding. Again, it's all about communication. You let her know, I love you. I want your wedding to be the best. I want you to have the best day, but you are going a little overboard. You need to pull back, at least where I am concerned, because it is going to cause a problem between you and I. You need to explain to her that this is it's just too much for you to handle. If everyone else wants to be quiet and take it, that is their business. But for you, it is too much. You just explain to her that you can't do this. And if she's a reasonable person, she'll understand. And if she isn't, oh well, then you guys have a fight. It's normal, it happens. Most weddings I know, the bride is fighting with like at least 10 people. So it's fine. But I would communicate. And listen, you said she called you once at 2 a.m. to talk about the wedding or whatever. Now that you know that she's crazy about this wedding, if she calls you like that, don't answer her calls. You understand? You limit access to this person. And also, when you're having that conversation with her, you let her know that, okay, assign me tasks for the wedding. You let me know that this and this and this is my responsibility. And trust me, I will get it done. You don't have to be on my neck about it. You can check in maybe once every week or something. But you don't need to like be all up in my face about it. It's all about communication and delivery. Don't deliver it like you are. it's an accusation or you're angry at her. Just explain how you are feeling and prefer solutions, you know, that will work for both of you. And I think everything will be fine. And with that, we come to the end of the advice portion of the podcast. Moving on to our fact of the day. Did you know that Finland regularly tops rankings of school systems around the world? I find this to be so fascinating because if you look at the um, Finnish school structure and like their curriculum and everything they don't put a high emphasis on like testing and grades like they they try to make their students more well-rounded you know they don't i a few years ago i don't know if they've changed it but in finland they don't give children homework like when you go home it's your time to rest it's your time to play all of that and these children are thriving so it's almost as if if you don't try and shove knowledge at children they actually learn I think that this is a system that should be applied across the board in schools everywhere because the children that I see these days, I know it was even intense for me, but these days children are in school from like, I don't know, 7.30 in the morning till 4. Then they come back home at 4. They have lessons until 8. Then from 8, they're doing homework until they go to bed. They wake up the next day and they do the same thing again. Even the weekends are not free. They have religious classes, they have music classes, they have whatever classes. They're just always learning, learning, learning. Children are supposed, not even just children, human beings are supposed to have downtime. So I feel like Finland is proof of this. If children have time to learn and time to play, they'll be better off, more well-rounded, they'll have better social skills, and everybody wins in that system. Anyway, moving on to my week in pop culture my first story is just vomit inducing i consider not even talking about this because it's just so disturbing but i've decided that there is value in the commentary i'm about to give so here we are so i don't know if you watch big brother nigeria i don't but there's a contestant his name is Sheyi, and he made some very vile comments on the show 
I didn't watch it as it was happening. Like I've just seen clips, clips, clips of it like online. And basically he said that he wants to have sons so that his sons can run trains on people's daughters. If you don't know what that means, I am not going to elaborate. If you want to know what it is, go and look it up. Anyway, none of the guys, he was saying this to a group of guys and none of the guys sitting there gave him any pushback. One of them said something like, God forbid, not my own daughter or not my own daughters. And there's been a lot of talk about whether these men were enabling him because, like I said, nobody gave any pushback. In the moment, nobody said anything. Nobody told him that he was wrong for saying what he said. They just giggled awkwardly and continued listening to him. And yes, I guess I can see where people are coming from saying that they enabled him. In an ideal world, they should have said something. Yes, I agree. But then there's also something called the bystander effect. Sometimes something crazy will be happening in front of you and you'll just be frozen. Like you can't believe what you are seeing or what you are hearing and you'll be frozen. Like it happened to me once. I remember in my first apartment, I was living in a studio apartment and I overheard my neighbor abusing his girlfriend. I was hearing slaps and sobs from the girlfriend. It was at night. I think I was the only one awake. I was frozen to the spot. I didn't know what to do. Like, do I go to their door and interrupt? Do I call for help? I Honestly, I did not know what to do. So I can understand why in that situation, possibly those guys just didn't do anything because maybe they just like you don't believe what's going on so you just freeze it happens and also there's sometimes like even i there's sometimes when certain people are talking and they're saying nonsense you know that there's nothing you can do to change their minds they believe what they're going to believe even if you engage them they're going to argue and it'll turn into something huge so you just sit and you listen you or you get up and you leave you just don't engage because you don't see the value that that will bring that could also be what these men were feeling so i don't know i'm neither here nor there from a bystander point of view it's complicated what i'm more concerned about is the fact that he is still on the show i guess that kind of a thing even though it's abhorrent it's good for viewers so people are more engaged and honestly that is the name of the game it is what it is that is how these um, shows make money, controversy. So I, they wouldn't be quick to evict a person who is bringing eyes to the show. So that's probably why they haven't booted him off. Because there has been a lot of outcry from the public. We have um, celebrities like Simi. Simi tweeted that, quote, they need to actually hold this Agbaya down and flog him until he forgets his name. She was really incensed by this because she has a daughter, and she's a woman herself. She's a, you know what? You don't even have to be a woman or have a daughter. Just be a human being and you should be disgusted by what he said. Because it shows how this man and a lot of other men see women, how they treat women and how they prey on women. And even worse, it shows how Sheyi is going to raise his sons to also prey on women. And I've seen a lot of people online defending Sheyi, saying that it's just a comment, that people are being too hard on him. No, these aren't just comments. Remember earlier in the podcast when I was talking about mask slipping? This is a mask slipping moment for all men. Women are not safe for the most part in society. And it's because of things like this. Women experience a lot of gender-based violence from men. And it's because of attitudes like Shay's that it is even a thing. So it needs to be addressed. It needs to be treated. Otherwise, women will never be safe. Women's rights groups, for example, the Lagos State Domestic and Sexual Violence Agency, have condemned this behavior, yet he is still on the show. Again, I'm sure it's because of ratings. In an attempt to do some sort of damage control, Big Brother asked him to apologize, 
and he did and i saw the tip of the apology and honestly it left a lot to be desired because first of all he was wearing this weird mask that like he when he was talking people couldn't hear him and someone said something whether they couldn't hear him and he gave that person the finger like you're you're making an apology be contrite he failed to be contrite the apology it, it did not enter i'm sorry it just did not enter his team now put out a press release claiming that his comments were taken out of context, basically saying that this is not the real Shei. It seemed like the real Shei to me in the clip that I saw. Honestly, I don't know what else to say about Shei. I feel like maybe, you know, he's an adult. I feel like people, when they get to a certain age, they are who they are. I doubt he's going to change. But honestly, men, we just need to do better. The next story on the table before me has to do with Firefest. Do you guys remember that music festival, Firefest, it was organized by Billy McFarland and Jarul. Basically, they scammed people out of millions of dollars. They put people's lives at risk. They put people's livelihoods at risk. This festival, it was an abject failure. Basically, they scammed people. Like, they scammed people so bad. If you've never heard of it, it's worth going to do some research about it. But basically, this um, the guy who ran the whole thing, like the mastermind behind everything, Billy McFarland, he actually went to jail for three and a half years because of this scam. It, it was so huge that he was sent to jail. So now, six years after <laughs> this whole debacle, he has been released and now he is doing Firefest 2. Listen, I guess some people just don't learn. So this Firefest 2 now, he said that <laughs> he said that it is going to happen at the end of 2024. There is no date. He said it's going to happen somewhere in the Caribbean, so there is no venue. Yet he has started to sell tickets. The first batch of tickets that he sold or that he says he sold were 100 tickets for $499 each, so basically $500 each. And he said he sold all three of those tickets. Mind you, there is no venue, there is no date. And the most expensive tickets for this um, festival that is going to be at the end of 2024, the most expensive tickets available are $7,999, which is $8,000 basically. If this is true and people are buying these tickets already and there is no date, no venue, that is wild to me this man has proven himself to be a known scammer how do you have an event and you are selling tickets to that event you do not know when it's going to be you do not know where it's going to be and you're selling tickets what boggles my mind more is that people are buying these tickets you know what actually he is saying that people are buying these tickets like i said he's a scam artist so i don't want to put any stock into anything he says now, listen to this. He said he came up with the idea for Firefest 2 when he was in solitary confinement in 2020. <laughs> listen, and do you even know why he was in solitary confinement? Because while he was in prison, this scam artist tried to run a podcast from prison and they caught him, so they put him in solitary. So even in jail, he wasn't remorseful enough to stop breaking the law. And even before he went to jail, after he had been arrested for the, uh, what's it called, for the festival and released on bail, he was still out and about trying to scam people. I do not know why anybody would trust such a person with their money. And I'm talking about the uh, concert goers or the festival goers. But he also said that he has investors. If that is true, then those investors, are, they don't know what to do with their money. They should please come and give me. I have better uses for their money. And people are asking, why is he doing a Firefest 2? Like, the Firefest 1 didn't end so well for him. Why is he doing 2? The reason is he owes $26 million in restitution. He has to pay that money back. So he's doing whatever he can 
to get that money. So if this Firefest 2 is successful for whatever reason, that will help him pay this money off. That's why he's doing this. Because he has tried everything to raise this money. He's working on a documentary, a musical, a film. He, worked, he did a jacket line. He did a treasure hunt. He tried to release um, a line of cheese sandwiches, which I feel is quite bold. Because if you remember, when all of this was going down, the first Firefest in 2017, what brought the whole thing down was that picture of that cheese sandwich. I don't know if you guys remember. Basically, they said they were going to bring a gourmet chef or gourmet chefs that the tickets included gourmet food. But when people got there, they just gave them bread with slices of cheese. So one guy took a picture of this bread and cheese and posted it to Twitter. And it was that image, that single image that brought the whole thing down. It was the hand that pushed the boulder down the hill. So in a way, you can say that that cheese sandwich picture symbolizes all the hurt, all the pain from that initial fire fest. And this Billy McFarland decided he wanted to use that cheese sandwich as a come up. I can understand using an L that you took to try and turn it around, but this was not the way to do it. So he's doing whatever he can to generate this money because it's a lot of money he has to pay back. And honestly, I believe that if this festival ends up going through, people will go. People will buy tickets and people will go. Why? Because people have FOMO. Whatever happens at that festival, people want to say, I was there to witness it. So I feel like people who are bored and have too much money will go. It's just something that will happen if the festival ends up holding. But this man is a criminal. He is not remorseful. He ruined so many people's lives. There were people who lost their jobs, people who lost their businesses because they believed in him. They trusted him. He got so many people into trouble and he's doing the same thing again. Because I listened to an interview he did on a podcast, um, Diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett. So basically that whole, for him, I'm guessing the whole point of that interview was to rehab his image, right? But if that is the case, at the very least, you want to dot all your I's and cross all your T's. Even if you're going to do a Firefest 2, why announce it and start selling tickets before you know where the thing is even going to hold? Before you know when it's going to hold? It, is, it smells like a scam to me. So please, if you are listening to this, please, if you have money, don't go. I just, I want to believe that my listeners are smart people. So please, don't go. Moving on to our next story. It's about Jackba. Basically, if you don't know what Jackba is, it's basically Nigerians leaving the country in search of greener pastures. So many Nigerians are finding themselves stranded abroad, especially in the UK, without jobs after giving their life savings to agents who promised employment with skilled workers visas. These people end up giving these agents upwards of 10 million naira to help them relocate. And it's all a scam. After paying all this money, when people get to these countries, they find themselves homeless, living on the streets, having to go to food banks to get free food, food that people donated just to survive. People who had pretty good lives here in Nigeria, now they're living on the streets in the UK. Like, I'm not saying don't look for greener pastures. I know things in Nigeria right now are so hard. They are so dire for so many people. Anyone who gets the opportunity to live in search of a better life, I would advise them to take that opportunity. With the recent fuel subsidy removal and, you know, the way our politicians are playing with our lives, things are at a critical level. So, yes, if you can escape the country for now, I would advise you to do that. However, be patient and have a plan. Because I feel like it is desperation that makes people to rush into these things and get taken advantage of. Listen, do these things yourself. Process your documents, process your visa, do everything yourself. 
leave these agents alone. Because I feel like a lot of people think that doing these things themselves will be difficult. It's not difficult. Trust me. Most country governments have websites these days. So you can go on their website and look at the visa requirements and plan accordingly. They spell everything out. It's basically foolproof. Do these things by yourself. It doesn't cost anything. A lot of these agents are scam artists. Instead of going and giving somebody your life savings and then they steal it and run away, just do it yourself. It's going to take some time. It's going to take a lot of brain power, but do it yourself. That is my own advice. Just generally in life, I feel like if you can avoid depending on people, don't depend on people. I heard another story of someone who they went to the UK. Someone invited them to come and stay in their house in the UK. He moved his entire family to the UK to go and stay with this person. And upon getting to the airport in the UK, he calls this person and the person blocked his number. So he's at the airport. He has nowhere to go. The little money that he has, he can't even afford to get rooms for his family. So he was in the airport begging people for help. Just try not to depend on people and be patient, make a plan and follow it. Next, this story I find to be quite ridiculous. The Kano state governor, Abba Kabir Yusuf, just released a statement on Twitter saying that Kano state has approved 854 million naira for a mass wedding in the state. My question is, why do taxpayers have to pay for this wedding? Like, weddings don't have to be these huge affairs. Like, you can go to the court and get married and then have a traditional wedding in your living room. You don't have to have a huge party. You can have a wedding very cheap. If you feel that you must get married, you must not have a big wedding. And even if you want to have a big wedding, why must it be the government that pays? This all just seems very suspicious to me. Later now, if we say that these politicians are embezzling money, they'll say that we're being unfair to them. Because really, 854 million naira for a mass wedding... Is it that the state has no other problems that they can use that money for? It just seems suspect to me. Anyway, the final story in my week in pop culture is about the University of Calabar. So basically, the dean of the faculty of law, Cyril Indifon, was accused of sexual assault and he was promptly suspended. And the VC of the university, Florence Obi, said that they are going to carry out an unbiased probe of Mr. Indifon. This came after the students protested. So I want to say a huge well done to these students for standing up for themselves. And I also want to commend the VC for taking this seriously because a lot of Nigerian universities don't take these matters seriously. And I hope the VC keeps to his word and follows this thing through because this is a huge, huge problem in Nigeria. I know how all of this feels because once I was caught in between a lecturer and a student he was targeting and I under it wasn't even happening to me. And I remember how I felt. I seriously considered dropping out. It was that bad. There are students who are taking their lives because of issues like this. It needs to be addressed. And I don't know if you saw that documentary, Sex for Grades, that um, BBC did. Basically, it was detailing how uh, university lecturers and other university officials extort sex from students for grades. It was a brilliant documentary. And if you saw it, a lot of the men, um, no, a lot of the abusers who that documentary followed, a lot of them, nothing happened to them at the end of the day. So I hope more universities follow suit because this is really, really important. And this week, I am jealous of you if you haven't watched Crash Landing on You. Listen, until last year, I was sleeping on K-dramas. And the first K-drama I watched was Crash Landing on You. And it is, oh 
my God, it is amazing television. If you ask my friends, I am historically known for not having favorites. I do not have a favorite anything. I feel like things in life are just, you know, apples or oranges. Everything has its merits. Everything has its demerits. But honestly, I think I can say Crash Landing on You is the best TV show I have ever watched. And that is saying something coming from me. It is a beautiful love story. The main characters, I don't even know which one I like more, whether it's the guy or the girl. The story is just, it's basically what happens is the Korean heiress goes um, hang gliding or paragliding. I don't know what it's called, Chad. That thing that they're on a parachute kind of thing in the air. And so basically a hurricane blows her into North Korea and she lands on a North Korean soldier. Their romance story unfolds from there and it is honestly, it's so beautiful. It's so touching. The first time I watched it, I cried a few times. And then I watched it again recently, this year. And I cried again. It is just that good. Honestly, listen, if you don't take any of my other advice, take this advice. Go and watch Crash Landing on You. You will not regret that you did. It's such a good TV show. It is well written. Every actor that they chose for every role was perfect. It's just the best. Go and watch it. And with that, we come to the end of this week's episode. I am your host, Suleiman Ocheni. I would love if this podcast could be a conversation between you and I. So if you have a question, anything relationship related that you need help with, please send it to me via email. You can write an email or record a voice note and send that to me. Remember, if I treat your issue on the podcast, you will be anonymous, so I will not expose you. Equally, if you have any feedback, any additions or subtractions from what I have said on this week's episode of the podcast you can also reach out email me at suleimantalks at gmail.com which is spelled s-u-l-e-i-m-a-n dot t-o-k-s at gmail.com you can also dm me on instagram if you would prefer that i am suleiman underscore talks on instagram and tiktok you can follow me on those platforms for more relationship advice the voice you heard at the beginning of this podcast is the lovely fatima beta the theme song you're listening to right now and at the start of the podcast is by coma media on pixabay.com thank you for listening catch a brand new episode of cn next monday so until then bye